Hey folks, just a quick note to let you know you can now support the podcast by shopping on Amazon.com. Just go to the specific page on Nerdist.com for this episode, click on the Amazon banner and shop as you normally would, and Daddy gets a taste. Now entering Nerdist.com. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Cook, and you found the Internet's number one most trusted source for Muppet boners and horny loners. Hey, guess what, Los Angeles? The two-year anniversary is coming up, and to celebrate, we're kicking off at a brand new venue, The Virgil, on June 15th. Doors are at 7 p.m., and this show is free. The lineup will include only former champions, including Moshe Kasher, Matt Bronger, Andre Dubouche, Eliza Skinner, Baron Vaughn, Ben Roy, Jim Hamilton, and Megan Keister. But today, we got round two from a show recorded March 7th, 2014 at Union Hall in Brooklyn, where I will also be on June 26th, 2014. For now, let's listen to the last NYC show featuring Max Silvestri, Tara Clank, Will Miles, Mike Drucker, and Jim Toos. Reading pieces they wrote based upon audience suggestions. So first you hear them choose topics, and then we'll fast forward to hear the finished pieces. Enjoy. suggestions from Mr. Kenny DeForest. Please welcome your round two comics who'll be writing based upon those suggestions. Will Miles, Max Silvestri, Jim Toos, Kara Clank, and Mike Drucker. We're Kenny. Oh, there it is. Thanks, buddy. All right, here's how this part works. We're going to start with Kara Clank. Kara Clank, ladies and gentlemen, give her a round of applause. We're up to the mic, Kara. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so this part, if she likes the first suggestion I draw, she can take it and run with it. If she doesn't like it, I will draw a second one, but then you guys will vote on which one she has to write. Uh, your first option is Agent Dana Scully. <laughs> ah. Okay, um, pick the other one. Though. All right. I want, I want uh, Vladimir Putin. Okay. So, uh, with your applause, who would like to hear Dana Scully? <laughs> Nobody remembers the X Files. Who wants to hear Vladimir Putin? All right. Nice. Vladimir Putin it is. Thank you, Karen. Politics, it is. <laughs> Fantastic. Keep it going for Jim Toos. Uh, politics, it is. George Washington is your first option. Carrie, you can go start writing. You can go scramble. Too broad. Very broad. Uh, parenthood. What? That's more broad than George Washington. <laughs> it's a TV show, also a film. And a concept. Also a concept. Uh, I'm assuming they're referring to uh, either the TV show or the, the TV movie. TV show. Okay, well, I guess you guys have to vote now. So to these people. To Who would like George to hear Washington, George Washington? <laughs> Picturing him in a powdered wig when you voted. Who wants to hear Parenthood? George Washington it is. Jim Tews, clap your hands for Jim. Keep it going for Will Miles. Ah, Jesus. All right, you're smart, Brooklyn. We get it. Dante's Inferno. Please pick the other one. Uh, Dennis Rodman. Nice. Who wants to hear Dante's Inferno? 
Who wants to hear Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman, Will Miles, ladies and gentlemen, and finally, uh, Mr. Max Silvestri. Mm. Okay, so that's enough. Also, I've been seeing behind him, you guys are writing so many extra words. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. they never listen. Parentheticals. Bar Rescue. I've never seen that. The, uh, do, uh, no, give give me another one. I mean, I get it. Jen <laughs> uh, and the Holograms. <laughs> so, All right. uh, who wants to hear Bar Rescue? <laughs> All right, you someone guys. fucking wrote this. Jem <laughs> and the Holograms. Fantastic. Mr. Max Sylvester. Yeah, what is it? I'll forget. Yeah. Uh, and also, we've got Mike Drucker. He's running a little bit late, so I'm going to draw for him, and then I'll text him, and he'll write it in the Uber, perhaps. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm just going to draw two, and we're going to vote. Uh, we're going to vote for Mike. His first option is where the red fern grows. Um... The second option, though I'm not going to count it, I will include it under stupid suggestions the next time I do this show. Uh, True Value Hardware is a terrible, <laughs> terrible suggestion. Uh, well, we are at Union Hall. John Hodgman. Oh, I wish he was here. Uh, who wants to hear Where the Red Fern Grows? John Hodgman. House favorite. All right, I will text that to Mike Drucker. Who do we got? Oh, Will Miles, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Will Miles, your first round two competitor. Thanks for being ready, man. Hey, man, your time. Take it away. All right, I got Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I grew up in Chicago, so this is a big deal for me. Uh, <laughs> I actually had this idea when I was thirteen, so now it's just being fleshed out. Uh, <laughs> all right, Dennis Rodman. The year was 1998, and that was the year that Dennis Rodman had just won his fifth NBA championship, his third with the great Chicago Bulls. Shout out, Chicago Bulls. <laughs> it was also the year that Dennis Rodman got his first taste of hot n North Korean cock and balls. <laughs> Dennis Rodman, a.k.a. The Worm, a nickname he got when he pulled a worm out of his own asshole during a late-night sex romp with Madonna, <laughs> a.k.a. The Worm Eater, a nickname she got when she ate that very same worm <laughs> that Rodman had in his asshole, uh, went to a place called Sound Bar in Chicago, downtown Chicago, after getting his fifth ring. There he met a young Korean boy named Kim, then a relative unknown, just a boy visiting the States to watch his favorite basketball team win the championship, get away from his dad, and get fucking stuffed. <laughs> and boy, did he get stuffed. Rodman stuffed him so hard that Kim looked more like a deranged teddy bear than he normally does. <laughs> they snuck away to a bathroom and sound bar that was just one bathroom in a long line of bathrooms. Each one was separated by glass so you could see inside the next stall and potentially jerk off. Rodman and Kim did two lines of cocaine and fucked for 30 minutes. <laughs> As many of us have, right? Uh, coke dick didn't affect the six, six foot seven rebounder. Rebounder being a nickname he got after repeatedly banging his balls into the wall and then into Carmen Electra's mouth. <laughs> Carmen Electra, a.k.a. the rebound catcher. A nickname she got after, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> when Robin came, he sent Kim's tiny plump frame from one bathroom to another. He exploded into a stall where two women were engaged in their own fun. One woman was on the toilet with her pants down, her mouth attached to a woman's vagina standing over her. She was literally shitting where she ate. 
Pretty gross. <laughs> Robin followed Kim into the busted stall, ready to do some more busting of his own. This time, one more nut. He stood behind the defecating woman and put his hard meat stick in the woman who was being eaten out's waiting mouth. Kim, who had been told he was a bad little boy his whole life, knew he shouldn't join in, so he just stood there rubbing his semi-hard communist cock <laughs> until he dribbled out three spurts, the most he's ever been allowed to come. <laughs> Soon Rodman and the two lovely ladies were all coming in unison. The stall was now filled with cum blood and broken glass. It looked like a Kobe Bryant Colorado hotel room. <laughs> Fuck the Lakers. <laughs> The gruesome foursome left the bathroom looking like a fucked up college brochure. <laughs> Rodman started to hop in his limo when Kim yelled out, wait, will I ever see you again? My dad is in charge of this country and you should come visit. I'd really love it. Rodman obliged and left him his email, which was a new thing. He said, yeah, you little bitch, we should do this again. Just to be mean for no reason. Years later, Rodman would visit North Korea. A lot of people think Vice sent him there, but the only Vice he was seeking was that sweet, sweet North Korean asshole. All right, thank you guys. <laughs> Will Miles. Yeah, man. Who else do we got, round two? Uh, Who's here? I mean, yeah. Like Mike Trucker, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, sorry I'm late. I uh, got John Hodgman. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, know uh, I also do want to note that I did write this on a PC. Okay. Oh, fuck you. All right. It's called The Areas of My Arousal. One day I found myself looking out from the fourth story of my mansion in the area of Brooklyn you like and thought, I have documented the universe. I have seen the stars, written down the name of every sheesh sea shanty to be, have been uttered, uttered by pirates from 1756 to 1890. I have explored every area of my expertise except arousal. Thinking of arousal made my substantial crock cock grow to the length of the ill-fated Lusitania. That, that's what I'll do. I'll document the areas of my arousal in easy-to-understand graphs. <laughs> in no particular order, here's what I, John Hodgman, have discovered. One... The first word used erotically was in 1245 when Sir Francis Potomi said the word pussy to mean a woman's vagina. She rarely shaved, and when he saw the comparison between the soft fur on his mistress's vaginal region and her cat gazpacho, he came up with the word. She found the word arousing because the previous word used by polite society, buttercatch, was only for medicinal purposes. <laughs> 0.5b. The vagina was called the butter catch due to barbers of the time often filling the vagina with butter as a way to please seasonal saints and request a good harvest. Zero points, uh, one point C. There is no evidence this resulted in a good harvest. Digression one. Here is a list of sexual positions that are, were enjoyed by the Norse gods. Autoerotic asphyxiation from a grassle, the world tree. Using the handle of Thor's hammer on a pussy or butthole. Using the handle of a Valkyrie spear on a pussy or butthole. Making love in the missionary position while watching the funeral canoe of your closest ally burn. <laughs> Fucking Odin's empty eye hole. He had one eye. Right. 
two. The men of Atlantis do not have sex. They drop sperm into the water in hopes of fertilizing the eggs of their fish wives. This gave me the opportunity to have sex with their fish wives, an experience I neither recommend nor hope to re-experience. <laughs> Three. The ca- of the cast of The Daily Show, Kristen Shaw gives the most earnest sex, while Jon Stewart is the best at helping. <laughs> Both are dedicated performers, although when three of us all tried together, we seem to be lost in the moment. This leads me to believe that sexual activity between members of the comedy community is best limited to two people, so there's no showing off. But but rather good yes and dedication. Digression two. Here's a list of famous pirate ships named after genitals. The Pacific Thruster. Davy Jones's dick. Princess Ariel's demise, the sperm whale sperm, Ahab's fastidious compensator, the Nina's p- pussy, the Pinta's pussy, and the Santa Maria's pussy. Number four, according to erotic researchers at the University of Miami, the ideal coupling of gods would be Thor having sex with Bastet as she watched Hermes eat out Calypso. If this coupling actually happened, those erotic theorists believe a wormhole would open up and time would cease to be a factor in our everyday lives. The fact that this coupling hasn't happened is often considered proof that there is no God in the universe. (laughs) Digression three. If God can do anything, can he make a cock so big that not even he can swallow it all? (laughs) (laughs) Digression (laughs) 3.5. What would God's cum taste like? The The leather goddesses of Phobos tend to say that God's cum tastes like sacred ambrosia. The flagellator still living in the abandoned town of Consequence, Missouri, say it tastes like organic mustard with the seeds still inside. <laughs> Number five. There are 17 sexual positions banned by the Vatican. One, one must have access to their archives in order to see detailed stained glass windows of each one. While there is little known in polite society, one is said to be called the Diabolique and involves coming a five-pointed star on the back of a virgin before penetrating her. This is said to open a gate to hell. 6.5. Due to the flaccid nature of my penis after coming on a virgin, I was not able to complete this activity. Its ability to open said gate to hell remains unfortunately unverified. <laughs> Digression four Can one become cum drunk from their own semen? My research finds no (laughs) Number six What is love? That is the question Hathaway asked in his immortal classic Begging us not to hurt him no more And truly, it is an emotion that can cause much pain But can it also cause pleasure? I decided to research it by seducing a 32-year-old librarian in Quebec, Montreal Named Anne-Marie Lepore I spent years building up her self-esteem by convincing her That her dreams of becoming a painter were achievable And used my considerable resources to give her every opportunity to succeed As her success grew, she subconsciously attached those achievements to me And therefore fell in love with me Five years into dating her, I finally allowed us to make love for over 37 seconds. And while I would say that this sexual experience of romance in full bloom is superior to that of a prostitute, the long game is hardly worth it. I hired a prostitute to confirm these findings. I reassert the long game is hardly worth it. In conclusion, sitting in my mansion, sipping on the proverbial gin and juice and feeling laid back, I realized that the sexual experience isn't based on facts or observations or even feelings. It's based on the growling emptiness of existence, clawing through the ages and calling for us to pass our dooms on to another generation through one moment of pleasure and two to four years of regret. With that in mind, I called up my friend Justin Long because I knew he wasn't busy. Thank you very much. My trucker. Uh, what do you guys think? Should John Hodgman come to the show and get revenge next time I'm in town? 
All right, John, the gauntlet is thrown down. Uh, who's ready? Who do we got? Jim Toos! Jim Toos! Hey. George Washington, huh? <laughs> I was just reminding you of the, the thing that I had. Not parenthood. <laughs> Thank God. Last time I got the Care Bears. That was tougher than you'd think. To sexualize a Care Bear feels real gross. <clears throat> New Year's Eve, 1783. George paced nervously in his bedroom. Him and Martha just finished a wonderful dinner and several drinks. And now it was time for dessert. George had decided that he was going to give Martha the best sex she'd ever had. He was older, but still virile. He was tall, overconfident, so obviously he had a huge dick. He took a look at himself in the mirror. Gave himself a little pep talk. You're the father of this country, George. That's what people are calling you. You really own those British fucks. And look how tall you are. And your dick, super big. He got down and did 20 push-ups. And he stood and yelled, Martha! There was no response for Martha. The maid cracked open the door. Is everything okay, Master Washington? Yes, thank you, Abigail. Okay. Wait, George said. Would you fuck me? <laughs> I already have. Right, but I mean like now. Do I look good enough to fuck right now? Yes, you do. Thank you, Abigail. <laughs> Please go get Martha, won't you? <laughs> Moments later, Martha entered the room. The first thing she saw was her husband, George, standing at the foot of the bed in his army uniform, hands on hips, dick hanging out of his trousers. <laughs> you should fuck me, George said with authority. <laughs> Martha had seen this routine before, but something about her husband's confidence made it feel different this time. She thought about kneeling down to blow him like she usually did, but instead she didn't move. George, trying to further entice her, let his ponytail down. <laughs> then he made his dick wiggle using only his muscles. Still nothing from Martha. She looked him in the eye. George, take your teeth out. She said calmly, confidently. George was a bit stunned at the reversal, but he complied. I don't want to get splinters in my box, she said. Then she moved around him, laid on the bed, spread her legs, and said... You can lead a country, you can ride a horse, but you can't eat pussy for shit. And it's about time you learned. George pressed his face against Martha's huge revolutionary bush. He moved his jowls around like an idiot. Are you wiping your mouth on me? Because that's not going to work. Use your tongue, you piece of shit. George complied. 
He was more scared than he'd been in a long time. He was also hard as a rock. He started to touch himself while he continued to poorly give his old wife head. Are you touching your dick? You don't touch your dick until I come, you poof. She smacked the back of his head. George was so hard by now, he thought he was going to pass out. He raised his head and whimpered, Martha, uh, I'm going to fuck you now. Like hell you are! You might be the first president, but you'll be the last to come. If you don't want to do this right, there's a few strong men on this plantation that'll take a swing at it. Women, too! George continued for a few minutes more, determined to do it right. He finally found a rhythm, and Martha was getting closer and closer to orgasm. Grab my tits, dummy! She moaned. When George started to feel her up, she screamed with pleasure and finally came. Now you may fuck me, George, she said. George stood up and took his pants off. He penetrated Martha and noticed she was beyond wet. Oh my, Martha, did you piss the bed? No, you idiot, I'm actually turned on. Now fuck me. George penetrated her and only after a few thrusts, He was unable to stay hard. What's happening, George? Uh, It appears as though little George is experiencing a bit of a whiskey rebellion, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Oh, fuck that, yelled Martha. Abigail, get in here! That's it. (laughs) Jesus! Who's ready? Kara? Max? Max Silvestri, ladies and gentlemen, let him hear it. Do you have, do we have anything to put this on or just hold it? You want to grab this one? Yeah, do you mind? Not at all. Hi, guys, how's it going? Uh, I got Gem and the Holograms. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Me and my friends are Gem Girls. Gem, Gem is my name. Exciting adventure, fashion, and fame. Once you're a Gem Girl, you're never the same. Ten-year-old Max Silvestri whisper-sung this refrain to himself for the thousandth time. He read the words off a fading page of his Gem and the Holograms coloring book, which is something Max really owns. (laughs) Why did he own this is a question that Max's father and mother asked many times. It was not a question any of his classmates asked because he hid the coloring book before they came over for playdates. Let's play monster truck video games and talk about wrestling, he'd lie. (laughs) They'd horseplay and try to list all the swears, but all he really wanted was to look at his gem coloring book. When would the friends leave? Of course the book was already colored in. That business had been wrapped up within hours of the book's purchase. But that there was nothing left to be discovered between the lines didn't mean there wasn't much to explore between the sheets. But on this afternoon, Max was mercifully alone. As Max turned the well-worn paperback over in his hands, preparing himself, he noticed something amiss. The barcode sticker on the back cover was beginning to peel, and beneath it something glowed. It must be a trick of the light, he thought. Was the sticker reflecting the rays of the sun pouring in his window? Max closed the shades, but the sticker on the barcode glowed brighter still. 
What was going on? Nervously, he reached forward and touched the strange light. There was a flash, and he was knocked to his feet. When Max opened his eyes, a tall female figure in, like, space clothes uh, (laughs) stood shimmering before him. He could kind of see through her. (laughs) Who are you, he said. I'm Synergy. I am a holographic computer designed to be the ultimate audiovisual entertainment synthesizer. Wait, so Jem is real? Max yelled. She wasn't, but your expert coloring has brought her and the holograms to life. <laughs> Max knew it. He was so dope at coloring. Where did you come from? He said. Where do you come from, Synergy said. Just kidding, I know. And she pointed at his little kid penis. (laughs) Max got bashful. But seriously, where do you come from? How did you appear in my bedroom? Synergy said, through my remote micro projectors hidden on your coloring book. But enough questions about science stuff. There's someone I want you to meet. Synergy pressed a button on her headband because she's a computer, uh, I think, and another kind of see-through woman wearing a headband appeared in Max's bedroom. Jim, Max exclaimed. Actually, my real name is Jerrica, she said. Max was confused. Jerrica? What kind of name is Jerrica? It's like if you replaced the S's in Jessica with R's for no reason. Yes, Jem agreed. It's very creative. (laughs) What are you doing here? Max asked. I want you to join my band, The Holograms. Do you play any instruments? Yes, Max said. I can play piano. I know chopsticks, arabesque, and the beginning of Feralese. (laughs) Perfect, said Jem. That is most of our new album. It is totally going to blow the misfits out of the water, and we can use the profits to keep my dad's orphanage afloat. Why did my dad run an orphanage at a loss when he also knew how to invent hologram machines like Synergy? Who knows? That is not a question we answered in our 65 episodes. Max waited for Jem to finish talking, but she wasn't finished. Oh, also, we want a guy in the band to fuck all of us, because as a ten-year-old, I'm sure you have a fully realized understanding of how desirable women just really need to get banged out by someone like you to feel whole. (laughs) That's what kids think. Max considered this. I won't be confident what a blowjob is for three years. (laughs) Jem waved him off. To join the band, you have to pay your band dues, which is this much cum. Jem then expressed an amount using her fingers that was equivalent of the canister for a roll of film, a point of reference that made sense in 1993. (laughs) Max bowed his head down. I'm nine. I can't make cum yet. Wait, you're nine, Jem said? You were born in 1983. Our show ended in 1987. It's been off the air for five years. Why do you have this coloring book? (laughs) I bought the coloring book at one of those weird outlet bookstores, he said. The kind that sell autobiographies of generals from four years ago and cookbooks about grilling. (laughs) I'd never actually seen the show before. Then why'd you buy it, Jem said. Because my allowance was burning a hole in my pocket and I thought a hologram was a weapon, (laughs) Max sheepishly replied. 
it's not a weapon, but this is. Jem grabbed at the crotch of Max's overalls. He was young, and his penis was very thin. <laughs> but not in a sad way, but in like a Kelly Ripa thin kind of way. Where it seems that way because it is very busy. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused, Max said. Are you the real Jerrica or hologram Jem? How does the show work? <laughs> Stop asking about science and fuck my holla pussy, Jem yelled. And fuck it, Max did, while Synergy watched and played with her RoboClit. He fucked it for a really long time, and it was so great, he must have been at a full two and a half inches. Had Max's parents walked in on Max, they would have seen him standing alone with his overalls around his ankles, but still wearing a t-shirt on top as his scrawny white crotch and penis danced arrhythmically through the air. His head rolled back in ecstasy, tongue hanging out, his eye closed, holograms nowhere to be seen. (laughs) But then it was over. Max opened his eyes. The holograms were gone. He slowly pulled up his overalls. For the f- he looked down at the carpet. For the first time, he'd made himself go. Once you're a gem girl, you're never the same. Thank you guys very much. Max Silvestri. Giving over Kara Clank, your final competitor. Get up here. Okay, there are multiple Russian characters in this, but I'm, I'm, when I'm talking in a Russian accent, I'm Vladimir Putin. Okay. So you guys get that. The other people are just like Americans that he knows. No, they're Russians. They just don't have accents. Okay. Um, The sound of a siren indicating protesters being hosed down and likely beaten into submission or rounded up for a night in jail startled Vladimir out of his daydream. What were you saying, he asked. His secretary, Basha, who'd been with him since he'd had her family murdered in a factory fire in the 90s, (laughs) smiled and repeated herself. Your daughter called, you have a 6 a.m. conference call with Tony Blair, and I left a bottle of that tanning oil you like on your desk. (laughs) It was really hard to find. It's apparently 99% bald eagle sperm. Um, Will that be all, sir? Well done, Basha. Now get the fuck out of here. Basha scurried out of the room, brushing past the head of Vladimir's security team, a tall, muscular specimen of Aryan perfection named Sergei. He stood frozen like a statue, as was protocol, surveying the room silently. He did his usual inventory of the art on the walls, all Thomas Kincaid. (laughs) Vladimir was a huge fan. His eyes moved to his troll doll collection by the east window, facing towards his enemies. And then to the impossibly soft golden retriever rug in the middle of the room. (laughs) Sergei. Could it be, Sergei thought? Was Mr. President addressing him? He knew his name? Um, uh, um, yeah, yes, sir, I'm here, Sergei stammered. I know you're there, retard, I can see you. Come sit down. And he, mo- met, and he motioned Sergey to sit in an oversized python skin chair. <laughs> Sergey took a step forward and then remembered, uh, sir, I'm on duty. Putin glanced at his iPhone 7, slid his, fingers ac- <laughs> slid his finger across the screen. I literally just killed everyone in your kindergarten class. <laughs> sit down. Sergey hurried over to the chair, sitting on the edge with his back straight as an arrow. 
I need a little help here, Sergey. I think I've somehow, well, I don't know how to put this. I've somehow lost it. My mojo, my shit, my vibe with the ladies. You know what I mean? Sergey stared blankly back at him, completely uh, aware that this man would turn his taint into a mouse pad if he said the wrong thing. <laughs> Lyudmila and I were together for 30 years, and yes, I cheated on her basically as a second job. And I've been seeing Alina, but she just turned 30. Gross. <laughs> and everyone's like, but she's a beautiful Olympian, but come on, she was won a bronze for rhythmic gymnastics. She might as well have been a shot putter. <laughs> Sir, Sergei interjected, any woman in Russia would lie down for you. Literally any woman. God damn it! Vladimir screamed, cutting Sergei off. Who controls the temperature in here? Someone trying to bring Africa to Moscow? He quickly and deftly undid the buttons on his custom-tailored shirt and took it off, allowing his Hanes tank top undershirt to go with it. <laughs> Sergey had seen the photos of the president shirtless, but he was unprepared for how magnificent it was in person. His pale, hairless chest was glistening with sweat, and his man tits stood at attention. <laughs> Vladimir continued, No, no, you're right. I understand I could have any woman. Maybe that's the problem. I feel like I am too manly for any woman. Maybe Beyonce could handle this, but she's not an option. I've looked into it. He moved around behind Sergei's chair and began rubbing his shoulders. I'm starting to think maybe I'm only man enough for a real man. Maybe this dictator needs a little dick. <laughs> Sergei submitted almost immediately, his eyes rolling back as he whispered, It would be an honor, Mr. President. <laughs> Vladimir leaned in and whispered, I saw this on House of Cards and thought I'd give it a try. <laughs> he pushed Sergei off the chair and onto the golden retriever rug. The president undid his belt and dropped his pants, revealing a banana hammock with a photo of the Golden Girls emblazoned on the front. Huge fan. I'm such a Dorothy, he said to Sergei. <laughs> He said to Sergei, who had already gotten on his knees and was slipping his hand to cock down to cocktown. Putin was already rock hard, only four inches, but Sergei figured he would be, be that would be better for his first blowjob. He didn't know what his gag reflex would be like. He took the president's pale, pale member into his mouth and began sucking him off. It was real sloppy. Sergei was going after Sergei was going after it like he was competing for a lifetime of free borscht. Putin was completely silent except for a couple of high-pitched squeals. Just as he felt he could climax, as just as he came close to climax, he sucked punched Sergei right in the temple and then blew a load all over his face while he was lying confused and red-faced on the ground. Putin shouted, Pants off! Sergei scrambled out of his pants and took his underwear off. He was enormous. His cock looked like a bottle of hairspray. Aquanet, the wholesale size. <laughs> Oh my god. He was all, he was already rock hard from his proximity to power and Putin bent over his own desk and said, "Do this for Mother Russia." <laughs> Sergey came behind and spread Putin's pasty sad ass cheeks and was alarmed to see a National Geographic amount of butt pubes <laughs> creating a hairy barricade to his final destination. Sergey licked his finger and shoved it up Vladimir's anus, clearing a path really. 
Hurry up, Putin shouted. I want that hard fucking dick in my ass like yesterday. <laughs> Sergei shoved himself into Vladimir and was surprised how cold it felt. His body... T- <laughs> He didn't think his body temperature seemed normal, but he was incredibly turned on by the fact that he was fucking the most ruthless oligarch in the free world. He started moving a slow, sensual pace, but Vladimir was having none of it. Faster, he screamed. I want you to tear my ass up for real. Sergei pumped faster and faster as he was getting close to finishing. In a moment of unbridled passion, he reached up to grab the hair on the back of Putin's head. Putin whirled around, a look of absolute disgust on his face, and punched Sergei again, this time in the other temple. Putin Putin stood towering over uh, Sergei and then took his black sock-clad foot and tipped Sergei's hard, jizz-filled dick up towards his own face so that Sergei had no choice but to bust a nut on his own face. Um, (laughs) Putin said okay get the fuck out of here Dimitri will see you out is he Sergei asked oh yes he's going to kill you but I told him to make it quick turned out I'm actually pretty good at quitting you das vidanya partner and that's it (laughs) Dirk Lank let's get everybody from round two back up Gary you can stay right here all right, so once again, I'll remind you what everybody wrote, and then you'll vote on a winner. Hey, buddy. Uh, we started with Will Miles with Dennis Rodman, then, hold on, then uh, Mike Drucker with John Hodgman, Jim Twos with George Washington, Max Silvestri with Jem and the Holograms, and Kara Klink with Vladimir Putin. So pick a favorite, starting with Will Miles, Dennis Rodman. Mike Drucker, John Hodgman. Jim Twos, George Washington. Max Silvestri, Gem and the Holograms. And Kara Clank, Vladimir Putin. All right, between Kara and Max. So once again, pick either Max Silvestri with Gem or Kara Clank with Vladimir Putin. Max Silvestri, Gem and the Holograms. Kara Clank, Vladimir Putin. That's a tie. Max and Kara, your round two champions. Guys, thank you so much. Big round of applause for all the comics you saw tonight. You were fantastic. That does it for round two. To hear round one from this show featuring five comics reading pieces they wrote in advance based upon topics of their choosing, go back and download episode 69. Hey, if you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on iTunes. It's a big help as are positive comments. Negative comments can always be directed to the podcast Terrified with Dave Ross. Upcoming live shows include June 26th at... Upcoming live shows include June 27th at Great Scott in Boston, and there will be more coming up soon. For more details, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian Cooking or follow the show at CEFanfic. See you next time. Now leaving Nerdist.com.